Hey, everybody, it's Kai. This is Politics Inside Out, our documentation of the economics of the Trump transition in late 2016. Andrea Seabrook's on the other end of the phone. She is our Washington bureau chief. Hey. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Uh, All right, so we're going to start actually with the straight-up economics of economics. Uh, The job report (laughs) that came out today, uh, which despite uh, the president-elect's protestations during the campaign, uh, was not rigged, fixed, or otherwise manipulated to benefit the (laughs) Democrats, um, but let us note here for the record that Donald J. Trump, uh, the 45th president of the United States, will be inheriting a quite fine economy. Thank you very much. Is there ever a time, Kai, when unemployment has been under 4.6 percent? Uh, yeah, but but it's been a good long while. I think Bush at some point had it at four point low single digit decimals. But yeah, I mean, 4.6 is insane. But it never goes insane. below four, right? Yeah, no. 4.6 is insane. It is what the Fed and economists like to call um, full employment. Full employment. Yeah, no, right. I know. And it's, I mean, it's just really, really good. You know, the monthly job number is 178, uh, 178,000 new jobs is fine, but the unemployment rate was, was truly great. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see now. And it's, uh, you know, approaching, you know, many, many hours now since that number came out. Well, I don't think we've heard boo from the transition about, it's about so that strange. number. And you know what? The, somebody said to me, I think they had a little bit of an agenda, to be fair, but like said, yeah, but, you know, wages went, you know, wages went down. I'm like, yeah, yeah OK, wages went down a tiny right, bit after right. go skyrocketing in October. Right. Like, OK, so that's not that's not wages going down. That's like a slight correction. Exactly. Exactly. So I think, you know, net net, this is a really, really nice job report. Um, the economy now is in like its 90th month of expansion. I mean, something insane. Yeah. Um, and, and as I read somewhere this morning, uh, the economy come January the 20th will be virtually entirely past the Great Recession and the fallout from that, which, as we all know, has taken years. And it will be an interesting time because, might I point out that we've been talking about a trillion dollar infrastructure program. I don't know that you need a trillion dollar infrastructure program when the economy is growing at 3.2 percent and unemployment's at 4.6. Right. I mean, we're going to get one because that's what he's been talking about. And Lord knows they need to be fixed, all those roads and bridges. But but it'll be really interesting to see what his. Yeah, I think I mean, I think there are all kinds of reasons why we need a giant infrastructure plan anyway that that have did have less to do, frankly, with stimulating the economy and more to do with like long-term investment yep. in what we do in yep. the United States, right? At least that's what smart people smarter than I tell me. Oh, no, it's totally um, true. It's totally true. We just haven't done much of that in so long. It's been so long since, frankly, the Congress has been able to do anything. Uh, and, you know, all of those projects have to go through an appropriations process and have to be funded. And there's all the horse trading about, like, you, you frankly, it's you fix my bridge, I'll fix yours yeah. um, kind of stuff. There are a couple of, like, once-in-a-generation chances going on in Congress right now. And one of the big ones is actual... Um, actual infrastructure investment. It's it's interesting, though, because, and, and I hate to be the, the negative Nelly here, um, every time in the past, like, six-ish years that Congress has gotten involved in the economy, uh-huh. it's boogered <laughs> it up, right? You got the debt limit fight. You got, you got uh, the budget fight on this and that. You've got the sequester, which, oh, by the way, is still there. Hello, John McCain yes, on defense spending. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it's really interesting that now people are hopeful about... Congress and its positive effects on the economy? I, I don't know about that. I don't know. That's, that's the whole point of having, you know, the Fed or yep. because you can't have 535 cooks in the kitchen no, exactly. of the economy.
economy, you know. And, and furthermore, 535 cooks who are beholden to all sorts of different administrations and all sorts of you know, all sorts of different interests and and companies or, or groups, you know, that's that's not who should be doing that. Yeah. This is like the perennial problem of the Washington political reporter. Poor me, but yeah. you know, it's like whenever there's a gas price story, like oh no, gas prices are going up. Everybody in America wants to know, well, what's Congress going to do? Congress can't <laughs> Congress do jack is do about gas That's price. what they're going to do, right, exactly. Yeah, right. Um, and, and when they try, they screw it all up anyway. <laughs> right. Let so me, it's, this, it's a similar thing. So this is a little inside baseball, and I don't know if this is going to show up when people actually put on their earbuds and listen to this, but you are not in, a, in an actual radio studio today, are you? No, I'm not. I'm in I'm in my sister-in-law's bedroom. <laughs> in, in what town in, in America? Cincinnati, Ohio. All right. So what, you got there last night? Actually, yes, actually, technically, I'm in Wyoming, which is a town within Wyoming, Ohio. Wyoming, Ohio. Wow, who knew? Amazing! It's like this amazing, beautiful little, perfect place in the middle of Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati is a great place. Don't get me wrong. I went to school near here. Yeah. I went to college near here. But, but Wyoming is like it's like Mayberry meets you know, it's just like great schools, great marching band at the high school, great football. I mean, it's just like the perfect, perfect so, town. So tell me that you got there last night, basically, probably. Yeah, I came in. I flew in late last night, and yes, I did fly in with a certain other someone. I mean, not on the same plane, obviously, but through the same air to the same place. To the same, to the same place, right? Exactly. Um, Donald Trump. Yes, yeah. I, I didn't think that needed to be said, but okay. Um, uh, so, what's it, I mean? What does gas cost? What's it like? You've been out for a walk this morning. Tell me what's going on. We've got you out in I the have, field. I have. I um, have. Cincinnati is an interesting place, especially because you, you could call it kind of a rust belt place. Yeah. Um, you know, but but Ohio, it's not nearly as uh, bad here as it is in like a Detroit, mm-hmm. right? In terms of jobs, in terms of the the economy, there is still a lot of really important um, manufacturing going on here. Uh, you know, my brother-in-law is works for P and G for Procter Parker Gamble Hill, here. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on here. So it's so it's it does have that feel. Uh, and I don't want to. I don't live here, right. so no, I don't, no, no. don't want to make any assumptions. You're parachuting in. I get that. Yeah, yeah. It has this feel of like like the the two Americas feel. Mm-hmm. Like there are people who are still doing really well and have good jobs and strong jobs, regardless of their sort of socioeconomic class. And then there are like huge swaths yeah. of it of the city and the surrounding areas that are much more economically depressed. And I think that that totally gets back to. What you were saying about, you know, every time we talk about the economy, oh, we've we've recovered from the Great Recession. Well, yeah, you know, we globally, we as a whole have recovered, but it's really patchy. And that's because there's been, it's almost like a correction again. It's like a correction in the economy, right? No, that's exactly right. And that's the thing we've been doing for a year and a half is going out and talking to people. And and you see the headline numbers. And I know we started with this, right? The economy that Trump is inheriting is in the headlines Really, really nice. But if you get to just, for instance, uh, across the river from Cincinnati in Kentucky, I would imagine Uh it's a completely different picture out there. Oh, my God. It's a... Exactly. Oh my gosh, it's a totally different place. And furthermore, just north of that in Indiana. I mean, we're yep. right. I'm right where those three right. states come together. And that's the disconnect. And that's what played out in yep. this election. And that's the conversation. And I hate to keep bringing it up, but I was a little scarred where you spanked me, and, <laughs> right? And 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 said, "Listen, you're conflating different things." And the reality for people on the ground out in not L.A., not Washington, not Chicago, not New York, but in the the rest of the economy, which is ginormous is completely different than the headline numbers. That is the bubble. 
uh, it's it's pretty clear from the places and the people who voted for Donald Trump that he was elected by people who haven't recovered. Haven't felt it. You better believe it. Uh, yeah. All right. Loathe though I am uh, to drag you back inside the Beltway uh, from oh. Wyoming, Ohio. Um, I I want to close with a quick discussion of the latest appointee by the president-elect. He announced uh, last night that he's going to be announcing on Monday that General Jim Mattis, uh, formerly Mad Dog 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 Mattis, Mattis. uh, formerly of the United States Marine Corps, four-star general, retired, uh, is going to be the new secretary of defense. Yeah, not only Paul, not only uh, was he, you know, a Marine for 40 years, he was the head of CENTCOM, yep, which, which is Command. which is Iran and Iraq and all of that stuff. Right, yeah. right. Um, this is, you know, what's so fascinating about this is that this is like a, he's a, he's a, he's a Marine. Yep. yep. <laughs> I mean, you know, there are lots of people who've been in the military who, who are retired and are this or that rank. This man is a Marine. He's a, he's a Marine's Marine. Yep. yep. And when and, and what people may not know outside of the Beltway is that the Secretary of Defense, the Secretary of Defense is not is is not a he's not in the military. He's, he's not a fighter, all. right? I mean, that's civilian, not his job. Civilian position, and it's all about the budget. I mean, this is about like this job is about like screwing around with members of Congress about how many engines you're going to buy from where mm-hmm. for the joint. Strike fighter, yep. right? Yep. It's really it's and it's a so it's highly political. It is uh, it is almost exclusively budget oriented. Uh, there are times, of course, when we go into battle or or war of one kind or another, and of course, the Secretary of Defense is going to be there. But but there's a reason you always hear the Secretary of Defense say things like, "Well, I'm going to do what the generals in the field right. tell me to do," because there's not in the field. Right. That's not the job. It's just not the job. So it's really. I can't remember, maybe you can, the last time we had like a, a really a non-policy wonk guy in that position, right. like, I mean, a, like a real strategy, a Marine, no, Marine, yeah, Marine. No, it's, I mean, you, you get Bill Cohen and Les Aspen and, and Leon Panetta and all those folks right. who have been in, in, in Romney, right, in, in right. policy-oriented Washington for decades, right. and here is a guy uh, who just has no stomach for all that. And that, to me, is the most interesting part of yes. this appointment. Because my, my experience with Marines, granted, was a long time ago, but it was very intense. Marines do not take any crap. And no. I think it's going to be so interesting to watch two things about this. Number one is watching Mattis deal with his boss, right? And yeah. whatever that may bring. <laughs> and number two is watching him deal with members of Congress who are going to yep. want him to buy toilet seats from their factory in, in Ohio, you know? Absolutely. And they're going to want him to buy those toilet seats at a fixed price. Right, 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 right. You know, and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it gets in deep into the weeds really fast. Yep. It's just yep. not about yep. – it's not about – the war or the military or, you know, it's really so much less about that. Right. So I, I, well, I totally yes. agree with you. I think it's going to be fascinating to watch. But, hey, Kai. Yes, ma'am. So going back to the recovery thing. Yes. And the fact that it, there is – like, here's what I keep wondering. Why – why do, we, why do you do the numbers? Oh, uh, well, so a couple of reasons. First of all, <laughs> as you well know, uh, we are only a 28-minute and 45-second program. We're not 28-44. Uh-huh. We're not 28-46, right? And the penalty for missing the mark is death, of course. Uh, so the numbers are our accordion, right? They can be 30 seconds or they can be a minute and 10. I understand production. Right? I'm just telling you. Yeah, you do, but maybe not everybody else does. Okay, okay. Right? Uh, So that's one thing. Uh, The second thing is for all of its imperfections, uh, the numbers writ large and the markets writ large 
are uh, a headline indicator of a, a snapshot indicator of where things are at that moment in time, which is to say the close of trading. Uh-huh. Uh, and and so that's uh, item number two. So, so it's almost like a it's almost like uh, the news that's fit to print. Yeah. It's like a, the, the history of today. Which gets us to which gets us to item number three, which is it can be a repository within the broadcast for me to say a sentence or two about something that we didn't have time for elsewhere in the broadcast, yeah. or or um, that did not merit a full ninety second spot and a reporter's time. But you know what you didn't just say? What's that? You didn't say because everyone who listens to this show needs to know what the numbers well, are so, today. So here, so which which I think is obviated by the prior three points, right? We need the flexibility. Yes. We need a place where I can put stuff, uh, and we need the snapshot. Um, I right. actually have a theory about the numbers, and it goes like this: I Ooh, think well, it's pretty simple. I say, but first, let's do the numbers. People hear two bars, or maybe a bar and a half of the music. They uh-huh. they learn which way it is, up or down or uh, sideways, and, 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 and then they stop listening. And they don't hear anything I say for the next 45 seconds. That's what I think. So it's like a little break? It's like a little break. It's like a little amuse-bouche. It's like a little palate cleanser. I don't know. That would be a... I know. That would be the thing you you come first. I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's what I think. All right. And that that is more than anybody needs to know about the inner guts uh, of Marketplace. I know. She is uh, today in Wyoming, Ohio. Her name is Andrea Seabrook, (laughs) and she is at Radio Babe. I'm sitting here at the corner of 2nd and Fig in Los Angeles. I'm at Kai Rizdal on Twitter. Get the show uh, uh, on your podcast links. Uh, Leave us reviews. Subscribe, please. uh, And and, uh, we're going to go. All right. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. (laughs) This is APM.